guys, how are you? Merry Christmas. My name is uh, Pete. I'm one of the pastors here at Northridge. We're so glad you're here. And uh, whether you're here in Plymouth or maybe at Grosseal or Brighton or you're watching online, wherever you're at, we are uh, just so honored that you would choose to uh, be here with us today. It's snowing outside. How cool is that? I know, mixed reactions, but being from the South, like that is awesome. Now, I understand, I've been told and corrected already today that those are flurries. But where I'm from, that is a code five red alert. That is a, you run to the grocery store and you buy all the bread and milk that you can and you lock yourself inside. Like that's, I was so, so scared this morning. I got behind the wheel, I'm like, I don't know how to drive in the snow. Like, I'm like paralyzed. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I remember, I feel like somebody said something about like, you, can't, you don't use your brakes. Like if you hit your brakes, you're gonna slide or something like that. So I'm like, all right, how am I gonna get all the way there without using my brakes? And so I'm like, just go really, really slow. And so I went like at two, three miles an hour all the way to church today. And just like, you know, both my hands just like this. I'm like, you can do this, Pete. You can do this. Like one point I look over and there's a guy like with a hat on and tights running and he passes me. <laughs> and just looking at me like, what's your problem? You know, I'm like, what's your problem? You're running in the snow, dude. Like that doesn't make any sense. But for the most part, I did all right. I uh, did, there's a couple cars on the side of the road. I accidentally swiped them a little bit, but I stopped, I left a note. I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'll take care of this. Merry Christmas, love, Pastor Brad. And um, <laughs> it's all good, it's gonna be taken care of. So anyway, we are just so excited you guys are here today. It's Christmas here at Northridge and there's so many Christmassy type things that are, that are happening right now. It's, uh, they really do take Christmas very serious around here. One of the things I wanna remind you about is our Christmas offering. Uh, more than likely, this week you received a letter with an envelope from Pastor Brad just talking about some of the amazing work uh, that's going on uh, around the world. And there really is just some incredible things that are happening right now. Uh, this Christmas offering, 100% of it goes towards our Compassion Ministries. We're doing some incredible work right now uh, with orphans. Um, that's over in Cambodia. We're doing uh, work with medical equipment in Haiti. We're doing work with uh, water and sanitation in Nicaragua. It's like just all around the world. So this idea of spreading hope isn't just for us right here. But we take this series around the world and we can't do that without your help and without your generosity. Uh, and so if you just continue to pray about what you could do with that Christmas offering, 
uh, that would just mean the world to us and mean the world to our partners around the world as we attempt to wake people up to Jesus. Uh, also, obviously, uh, we're on the tail end of Glory of Christmas. How many of you have been to a Glory of Christmas so far this year? Isn't it amazing? I, I went for my very first time this weekend. I got to take my 91-year-old grandpa and grandma with me, and they almost had a heart attack in the opening act. <laughs> I was like looking for a first aid booth or something, but they made it. Uh, and if you've been, you know that opening act is like, wow, like it, it's just incredible. Like, and, and so thank, thank you to you guys, um, to the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that have made that possible. It is changing lives. What a gift it was to me to experience that with my grandparents. And I just love this church. I love the work you're doing around the world, the work that you're doing here locally. Um, the generosity is just so contagious around here. So thank you guys um, just for everything you're doing to make this such a special Christmas for so many. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Man. Seriously, it's just amazing. People are flying around, like flying down the stage. Santa comes down in a sled. I'm like, I am so bored that on Sundays I just walk out here like this. I'm like, can't y'all lift me up out of the stage or fly me down out of something? Like, that'd be amazing. I just, I love the talent of this place. It's incredible. So uh, today, uh, we're so glad you're here. As you know, if you've been around Northridge for any length of time, on any given weekend when you show up here, you don't know what to expect. They use so much creativity and uh, just communicating the message and the hope uh, of Jesus Christ. And this weekend is no different. If you were here over the summer, you'll probably remember a director by the name of Dallas Jenkins. Uh, Dallas was interviewed by Pastor Brad as we talked about that streaming series that he uh, was a director of called The Chosen. Well, while he was here, he told us about a short film that he had been a part of and directed, a short film that they actually showed for his home church and how it just had a tremendous impact uh, on his home church. And he was very generous with like, you guys should use that sometime. And uh, this seemed like the perfect time to do that. And so um, we're gonna show you this short film and I'm gonna come up and do just a little bit of teaching. Uh, but I got a feeling that uh, this is really for some of you that need to hear this and need to see this today. So without further ado, uh, I want you to watch The Ride by Dallas Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, great. We'll pop the champagne in the office after the first. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah. They caved. Just like I told you they would. Nothing like closing your biggest deal at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Oh, it feels good! My partner thought we lost him, but I, I knew we had it. I knew we had it, you know? Thought you guys like making conversation. That will cost you extra. <laughs> Up here's fine. Man. It's gonna be this cold, you think it'd at least be white too. Am I right? Yeah. All right, that'll be 1850. Keep the change. Merry Christmas.
Come in. Come in, 834. I got a pickup over at Arlington Heights train depot. I'm already half hour past what you asked me for. You got me on the chatterbox shift as it is. How can you take just one more? You don't have to give me a Christmas present. <laughs> Riverside. The hotel? No. Is that a problem? No. All right, let's go. somebody or just you always just talkative no well then why start now is that your family yeah I love them shouldn't you be home with them and they're in church, and then it's bedtime. It's fun. Church. We do a really nice Christmas Eve service. Why aren't you there? I had to fill in last minute, and plus the time and a half doesn't hurt. Not a churchgoer? Not for a long time. Yeah, why not? Don't think I have the money for how long it would take me to tell you. I think you'd like our church. I don't think I'd last five minutes in a place like that. How do you know? Experience. Mind if I pull over for gas? Uh, I'll just reset the meter when we leave. Whatever.
It'll, it'll just take me a second, okay? You got plenty of gas, man. You know, um, a lot of these places shut down early for Christmas Eve, so... Problem with the radio? No. It's, I mean, it's complicated. Um, you, know, you know that train station pickup guy? He's not doing so great. Don't let him drop in the cab. He's not sick. He, I mean, he just seems a little up, upset or something. You know? I think he's up to something. And, you know, should I? Should I do anything? What do you mean? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking if maybe I should. Take them where they want to go. What they do after they get out isn't our business. Since when do you care about passengers anyway? Uh, all right. Forget it. Never mind. Yeah. Everything good? Yeah, yeah. Fine. Just a fair dispute. Pump shut off. Then I guess we're good to go. Yeah, I guess so. So you got a name? Yep. Hey, what are you doing? I heard earlier that the, the stretch is, is jammed a few miles ahead. It's an accident, I think. So why did you go this way to begin with? I forgot, I'm sorry. So where are you gonna go? Gonna have to take other surface streets, I guess. Probably take us another 30 minutes. But I won't, you won't be charged extra. I don't care about the money. I think it was gonna be this cold, at least it would be white, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we're gonna pass the best donut place around. You want one? I don't wanna eat, man, okay? Just take me where I asked you to take me. Come on, I've been stuck in this cab all day. I miss my mom's famous for us tonight. You know, it's Christmas Eve. It'd be nice to grab a bite with someone other than myself, you know, so it's my treat, my treat. Unless I'm holding you up from being with your family, then why not? I guess, you know, why not? I could use a smoke anyway. Yeah? Yeah. 
Hi. What can I get you? Two chocolate glaze. Heat them up, please. Okay. They're in the oven. Five minutes, but they'll be hot when they come out. Is that okay? No, oh, that's perfect. Okay. Thanks. You? Everything is good here, right? Yeah. Still water. That's it? Is that a problem? Yeah. Suit yourself. So, do you have anybody to celebrate Christmas with? I'm Jewish. Really? No. Yeah, tomorrow we're gonna spend the whole day at my mother's. You know, she loves Christmas. She does that thing with the, with the stairs and the stockings. You know, she hangs the stockings. The kids open them, and you know, we we eat this stuff called monkey bread. I don't know if you've ever had it, but it, it'll turn your gut into a front porch blammo, just like that. You know. And we open the presents and, you know, we, we uh, watch A Wonderful Life, have eggnog, the, the whole thing. It's really, it's really something, you know, and there's something about watching my girls at Christmas. It, anyway, it's, it's really something. You got, you got kids? No. Come on, somebody's missing you tonight? No? Are, are your parents around? Not around me. Yeah, uh, where? It's as simple as it looks. No wife, no kids. Haven't seen or spoken to my family in years. I, I don't know the first thing about your life. No, you really don't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go to smoke.
Hey. Let's go. Come on, man. That stretch is fine. You never know. The stretch is fine. Just get on. Let's go. Fine. Expressway? Yeah, I'm fine. Alright, well, uh. Hey, Merry Christmas. What you're about to do. What are you talking about? I know what this water does about 50 yards downriver, and I know you're not here for the romantic view. Get back in your cab and go. No. What is it with you? Why are you doing this? I, I can't not. Believe me, I would rather ignore you because it's what I normally do. That's a better plan. Can we just talk? I mean, what's the rush? There's nothing to talk about. I don't know you, and you sure don't know me. Well, I don't need to know you to know that this isn't necessary. I mean, whatever you've done, life- Oh, yeah, yeah, life is worth living. 
You can get through this. God cares about you. Don't give me that crap, okay? This isn't uh, a TV episode or one of your Sunday school lessons. Okay. One minute. Then I'll leave you alone. Is this your hometown? Yeah. Your parents live around here? Yeah. Why won't you see him? They won't see me. How do you know? Trust me. They're your parents. If you knew me, you'd get it, and you'd leave me alone. Isn't that what you want? Okay. All right, how's this? Uh, wasting the money my parents spent on my drug rehab by getting kicked out twice, getting a girl I met there pregnant, which is bad enough, but then, uh, denying them their first grandchild by, you know, making it go away. And the kicker, uh, getting drunk at my brother's wedding and then cussing out my mom in front of the family. And that's just a glimpse. Do you like that resume? And not exactly gonna get me an interview with a dad who's a church elder. I'm sorry. I bet you are. Last thing he said to me was, don't come back until I get myself together. So, how do I look? That's what I thought. Now, please. I love my kids. What? I love my kids. You know? Whatever they did, I mean, no matter what I said about it in the moment, I would. I would never not want them to come back. Never. They're not perfect, but neither am I. I would always want it to work out. Are, are you sorry about what's happened? What? Are you sorry? Do you regret it? No. No, I'm proud of it. Well, how am I supposed to know? How would I know? Of course I regret it. Of course I'm sorry about it. Look at me. You have nothing. Does he know that? That you're sorry? I don't know. What am I supposed to say? Hey, Dad. You were right. I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah. That's not bad. It's a little more complicated than that. No, it's not. If, if he's a normal father and especially if he goes to any kind of decent church, then he'll know what grace is. He will know, and if so, he will give it. You don't get it. There's too much. No, that's the point. Listen, listen, I, listen. Look, I'll, I'll take you by his place. You, you know, you, give him a call. We'll drive by. If, if, if it doesn't work or, or he's not there or whatever, then 
I will drop you wherever you want to go, and I will leave you alone. So I know that some of you probably have an idea, at least you're thinking you know how this story might end. But I, I wanna kinda of parallel this with some things in scripture. You know, at the very beginning of the Christmas story, there is this just tremendous announcement. Really, it's a shocking announcement that was made about Christ's birth. We'll start in Luke chapter two. It, it says this in verse four. So Joseph, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for, here's the key word, all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, let me tell you why that announcement is so key, right? That key word of all. This is for all the people. This is good news of great joy, and it's for all the people. It's for, it's for everyone, and that word is not an accident. It's very intentional. And it's talking about who Jesus is for, who his love is for, who his forgiveness is for. And it's also describing what Jesus wants our very lives to be about as we move forward representing him. That our light, that our love would be for all the people as well. Now, the reason this announcement is so shocking is because up to this point in history, there had never been a movement like this. I mean, there were, you know, there were countries and there were nations and there were tribes and there were cults and there were different religions that existed. But never before had there been a movement where anyone, like regardless of their background, regardless of their nationality, regardless of their education, anyone could be a part of this. It was good news of great joy for all the people. And this was so countercultural. This was so different. This was so astounding that Jesus at almost every turn of his life and his ministry had to reinforce this to make sure that people really understood this. Because it was so easy for people to just, you know, slide back into what had existed before, which was not this idea of, you know, good news of great joy for all the people. In fact, there's one time, it's Luke chapter 10. There's a religious leader who kind of confronts Jesus. 
And he has a question. His question is, um, what do I have to do in order to have eternal life? And Jesus responds, very famous passage where he says, well, you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. And then he adds this, he says, and also, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the religious leader pushes back and he's like, well, who is my neighbor? Right, like in other words, could you tell me who it is exactly that I have to love because I don't wanna accidentally love somebody I don't have to, right? So like, what's, what's the line there? Like, who, who are these neighbors that I have to love? And the general thought in this day and age for this Jewish religious leader would have been his neighbor was his Jewish brothers and his Jewish sisters, but that would have been it, right? In other words, Gentiles, they don't count. Pagans don't count. Heretics don't count. University of Ohio fans don't count, right? Like, in other words, there's, there's a line in here, right? There, there's, a, there's a neighbor category and there's a non-neighbor category. And you guys know what I'm talking about because the same thing exists in our culture. Now, currently, we live in a culture where it's politically incorrect to talk about this kind of invisible list we have of people who count and people who don't count. But let's just be honest. Almost all of us have this neighbor and this non-neighbor category. It's the people that you think that matter and the people who don't matter. It's the people that you feel compelled to, to, to love them and to show them kindness. But then there's other people over here you don't really feel responsible to show them love and kindness because they don't really deserve it. At least you don't think that they do. You just don't think they matter. They count as much as other people. Well, do you remember how Jesus answers this question? when the religious leader says, who is my neighbor? He tells a story, which is commonly what Jesus would do when somebody asked him a question, is he would either ask another question or he would tell him a story. So he tells a story, we know it as the Good Samaritan. And in this story, essentially, a Samaritan becomes the hero. The Samaritan is a good person in the story. The reason that's really interesting is because this religious Jewish leader would have never, up to this point in his life, heard a story where the Samaritan was the hero because in his mind, Samaritans were in the non-neighbor category, right? Samaritans were people that didn't matter, didn't count, had no value. You had, didn't have to go out of your way for them. They didn't really matter. And what Jesus is essentially saying in the story of the Good Samaritan is, hey, the Samaritans, they're your neighbor. In other words, everyone is in the neighbor category, everyone, because everyone matters to God and therefore they should matter to you. This is Jesus' way of saying, this love and this forgiveness that I bring, it is for all the people. It is good news of great joy. And it's for everybody. And then Jesus goes on to invite all of us to be a part of his movement. And he essentially says, I have shined my unconditional love and grace into your life so that you can then go out and shine it to others. Jesus says, I didn't, just save you from something. I'm saving you to something. I want you to be a part of this movement. So what would it look like? Just kind of let your imagination kind of run free for a second. What would it look like for you going into this Christmas season? If you were to get so filled up with the love of God that you were to begin to see and pray for and listen to people 
that maybe you would sometimes just kind of ignore? What would it look like this Christmas if you were just to come to this realization that all people matter to God and therefore they should matter to you? What would it look like for you to begin to understand that every single person has a soul? So that arrogant boss that drives you crazy, they have a soul, right? That obnoxious neighbor, they have a soul. The person who works next to you in the other cubicle, they have a soul. The person who rings up your groceries at the grocery store, the person that brings your food to the table at the restaurant, the person that you just pass by on the street, they all have a soul. Who is it in your life who needs to know about the love of Jesus? Who is it in your life who needs to experience through you the love and the joy and the peace and the grace of Jesus? step out? No, it's fine. Okay. Go ahead. Now? Just give it a try. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that he, that he doesn't answer or he hangs up. Either way, you're no worse off. not there I'm I'm sorry I missed you uh, so um, I mean I'm in town and um, I was thinking uh, well, I was thinking well, we could we could talk if you want to uh, if you if you don't want to that's fine too um so I'm gonna be by a little later, and I, I don't, I don't want to make things awkward. I, I don't want you to see me if you don't want to. So, um, you're probably at church or whatever, anyways. But if you get this uh, before I'm by, um, instead of me knocking, how about uh, leaving the front light on if you want me to come to the door? If you don't want to see me, I completely, you know, I understand. I'll just pass by, uh, no pressure. So, um, that's it. So, uh, light on if you want me to stop in. Otherwise, uh, well, okay, bye.
You okay? Yeah. Let's go. You know, let's just give a minute, just in case. I'll, I'll take the long way. There's a surprise. Put on some Christmas music. It's uh, fine. There's a card in there with the contact info from my church. You know, we've got help for this kind of thing if you want it. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, what do I owe you here? Come on. Merry Christmas. Three four to dispatch. 
incriminating for you on your way back. Actually, I was wondering, you got any more for me? Isn't that powerful? <clears throat> I've cried so many times watching that. You know, you think after a while, you know, like I kind of know how it's going to end, but it gets me every time because there's something inside of my heart, and I, I bet it's inside of your heart as well, where we just crave acceptance and belonging. And we all deep down inside want to believe that we're worthy of that. And many of you have been the recipients of unearned, undeserved, unconditional love in your life. And you know, there's nothing more powerful than that in this world, nothing more powerful. It can shape and change the trajectory of your life in an instant. In fact, do, will you do me a favor, just for a second? Just, would you take just a couple seconds to think about maybe a moment in your life, maybe it was the moment that you turned your life over to Jesus, Maybe it was a moment with a parent or a friend or a coworker, I, I don't know. Would you take just a second to think about a moment in your life where somebody showed you undeserved, unearned love and grace? Think about that moment. Do you remember how humbling that was? Maybe it was just a hug that you weren't expecting. Maybe it was a phone call you didn't think you were gonna receive. Maybe it was a letter just telling you how much they cared about you, but you knew in that moment that you didn't earn that and you didn't deserve that. And it shaped you and it changed you. You know, I think part of what we're kind of hoping for as a church at least as we watched this and were inspired by this short film was that maybe there'd be a group of you that would say, you know what, there, there's somebody in my life that desperately needs a second chance. Honestly, maybe it's a third chance. Maybe it's a fourth chance. Like who in your life has maybe everybody else has given up on them. Everybody else has just said, I'm done, enough. Like they're, they're beyond repair. Everybody else has given up on them, but there's something inside of you that's just like, ah, I don't know, I can't. I just can't give up on them. I'm gonna keep praying for them. I'm gonna keep loving them. Like, who is that person who just needs you to be on their side? They need you to be on their team. They need you to believe in them. They need you to be the light of God's love and grace in this moment. And maybe it's a letter that you write them. Maybe it's a phone call that you make. Maybe, I think this would be a great idea. Maybe it's an invitation to a Christmas Eve service. We've been talking for weeks now about how powerful Christmas Eve is gonna be. And, and, and maybe for whatever reason, you don't have the words to communicate to them what it is you'd really like to communicate to them, but you know that this church does such an intentional and just great job at communicating God's love in very creative ways. And so maybe your job is just to get them here on Christmas Eve. So maybe you have to drag them 
And maybe they're kicking and screaming the whole way, but you just know if you could get them to sit in one of these seats and experience that service, that something would change in their life. Right? Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring with you to experience God's love and God's care in their life? I hope that you'll be really intentional about that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. In other words, right, he really believed that those of us who called ourselves followers of him, that there would be something different about the way we loved. There'd be something different about the way that we lived. That we would be kind of set apart, that we would be different. And so I hope, I hope you'll be really intentional about letting your light shine these next few days as we enter into this Christmas season. Why? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been impregnated with his love, with his grace. You know that this is good news of great joy and it's for all the people. But maybe you're here and, and just in closing, um, maybe who you identify with most in that short film is the son. It's the guy in the back of the cab. And maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching this online and um, you just feel like you've royally screwed some things up. And the idea of receiving grace or love is, it almost just seems unrealistic to you. You're like, yep, great film, but that's not the real life. That's not the real world. And for you right now, shame is just doing a massive work in your life and your heart. And you don't think you're worthy of belonging. You don't think you're worthy of acceptance. And we believe that part of our job as a church is to remind you in a moment like this that there is a God of this universe who loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus for you. And whenever you're done running, whenever you're ready to come home, he's gonna leave every single light on for you. Every light. I know about the darkness of shame. I know what that can do to your life. I had a season in my life where I had so much shame and so much embarrassment. Like, I didn't want to see anyone. I certainly didn't want to go to a church, right? I would go grocery shopping at one o'clock in the morning just so I didn't have to bump into people. I know how it can literally cripple your life. And I also know what it's like to get to that moment where you just say enough is enough. And you surrender to Jesus and you allow your life to just be overtaken with his love and the grace that he has for you. And man, I want nothing more than that for you. See, some of you, when you look at your life, you feel like you're a reject. You feel like you're not worthy. You feel like you're a failure. But I want you to know when the God of the universe looks at you, he does not see a failure. He does not see a reject. When he looks at you right now in your life, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, when he looks at you, what he sees is his son. He sees his daughter. He sees you complete, whole, forgiven. That's who you are. You're not what you've done. You are who God created you to be. And whenever you're ready to come home, he's there. Arms wide open, every light is on. Heavenly Father, I like to pray right now for those who feel like um, maybe their life is out of control. 
Maybe they've made some really, really poor choices that have pushed a lot of people away from them in their life. They feel very alone right now. Maybe they feel like they're beyond repair. God, I pray in this moment that they will feel a hope that only you can place in their heart. God, I pray in this moment that somehow they will feel an awareness of your love, that they will feel an awareness that there's acceptance and belonging through you. Maybe there's someone here who has never opened up their heart to the love of Jesus, and maybe just sitting where you're sitting right now, you would just pray this very simple prayer, this very simple confession. Maybe you just pray something like this, just, dear God, I've messed up. I've messed up royally. And I'm tired of going my way. I want to go your way. And I want to ask for your forgiveness in my life. And I want to trust in you and in you alone. And we believe that the Bible teaches that very simple prayer, that very simple confession is the beginning of your journey with him. Maybe you're here today and you're already a believer in Christ, but you need to be reminded that you have a responsibility, that the light of the world has shown his love and his grace into your life, and now you have a responsibility to reflect that light out. You have a responsibility to leave the light on for somebody. You have a responsibility to show love and grace and hope to maybe somebody else who desperately needs it this Christmas. Maybe this is a person that everybody else has given up on. God, I pray as a church that you will help us find creative ways to invite people to Christmas Eve. I pray that you will give us creative ways that we can show people the love and the grace that you've instilled inside of every one of us. I pray that we will walk out of here with a new understanding that this really is good news of great joy, and it is for all the people. For it's in your holy and your precious name that we pray. Amen. All right. We're praying that you guys have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on Christmas Eve, okay? God bless. <laughs>